KUOZ 100.5 is an FCC-licensed radio station operated by the University of the Ozarks, Clarksville, Arkansas. Hello, and thank you for tuning in. You are listening to From the Concert Hall with your hosts Corbin Sturch and Zachary Payne. Your Vintage Radio program here on KUOZ 100.5 FM. Community radio produced by the Radio Television Video Department here at University of the Ozarks in Clarksville, Arkansas. From the concert hall plays some of the famous artists of the past, as well as features a few of our very own from right here at home. So sit back, relax, and enjoy as we take you live right here to our very own little concert hall. Welcome to From the Concert Hall. I'm your host, Corbin Sturch. And I'm Kathleen Mowry. Tonight on the show, we have got special guest and grandfather to our co-host, Miss Mowry, Charlie Crow. Charlie, thank you so much for being on with us tonight. Thanks very much for the invitation. It's always a pleasure. We were Kathleen's show earlier in the season. We um, we talked a lot about you, so <laughs> it's a big privilege to get in to have a you good on the way. show. Only good things. Well, actually, I eavesdropped on that program. I heard it while we were in San Diego, California. Ooh. So you, your 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 wa- your waves went far and wide. <laughs> it's always nice to know that. Um, sorry, that was sorry about that. Um, just had this interesting little picture in my head of the radio show being that far out there. <laughs> I was just trying to picture that. And all, the only thing that kept coming to my head was the Beverly Hillbillies. <laughs> on, on, our, on our end, not yours. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Very nice. <laughs> I feel like that's... I feel like um, I remember my grandparents, they travel with DNC Atlantic, and they've, they've been all over the country working. They, they were pipe fitters. And I remember talking to them once, and they said um, they remembered going out to California to work once. And they said that's what people really thought of people from Arkansas out there. They didn't know. <laughs> of course, that was back 20 years ago. So I'm definitely sure opinions have changed. I would like to think they have. <laughs> I hope they have. That show's been off the air for a while now. <laughs> well, um, so let's let's just delve into this this interview and and your life uh papa (laughs) it's weird interviewing my own grandfather (laughs) but um let's i'm i'm curious and we were talking about this um at lunch today uh just how you got into music and how you really got into your own songwriting and and all that well I got into music very early. I was fortunate that I had always had uh, music in school from the the lowest grades, and so I learned a lot of a lot of choral pieces and folk pieces and things that are traditional. While I was in school, I got into high school and sang in church choirs, uh, college sang in the in college choirs. And then as we traveled around, uh, usually ended up in church choirs. Always interested in choral music, but when I was uh, not in a choral setting, I, I, I play piano and um, would hook up with people that had played other instruments, and so we, we did a lot of other people's music. It never occurred to me to do my own Uh I, I just didn't, never even thought I could do that. But uh, I did understand, uh, I learned, I was very fortunate when I was in the eighth grade, when we lived in Cape Girardeau, Missouri, I had a music teacher who recognized that I had an ear and that I could, I could hear chords and sounds. And so she taught me chords. And uh, so I've been able to develop that without being all that skilled in the, in the writing of the of technically of writing music. Anyway, uh, fast forwarding, when I was uh, 
working in the investment banking business, we did a lot of bond issues that were were uh, concluded by a closing dinner, and all the people who participated would tell little stories about how how things had come together or how they'd fallen apart and finally came back. And so a friend of mine, a lawyer, uh, and I decided we'd write limericks to memorialize it. And we had, we poked fun at everybody in in (laughs) limerick format. Well, that got boring. And so (laughs) I, I did so many of those things, it just got to the point that I didn't want to write limericks anymore. So I I, I I did a bond issue in Savannah, and at the big closing affair, it was very large. Uh, it uh, it occurred to me that that I could write a, a song to the tune of "Hard Hearted Hannah, the Vamp of Savannah." <laughs> and you may not know that tune, but it's <laughs> it's uh, it, it was actually I think written in the twenties. One of one of those songs that that was very popular at one time and uh, the bond issue happened to be building a 50 million dollar garbage burning facility that would convert the garbage to to steam and electricity so uh, I wrote a a song that memorialized this uh, Savannah garbage to power thing to the tune of hard-hearted Hannah uh, so that kind of lit my fire, and I began to realize that I could I could come up with my own tunes. I didn't have to steal someone else's, <laughs> and that's sort of the impetus. I, uh, I I I did it kind of privately when we lived in Little Rock uh, back in the seventies and eighties. I uh, I was very modest about it, and. Uh, was in fact, I was so so shy about telling people I wrote songs that I even copyrighted my songs in an assumed name. It was pretty weird, and because people would look at you funny if if you said you were a songwriter, you know. So a few years later, you know, we left Little Rock and and ended up in Nashville and. I found out that every third person in Nashville was a songwriter. Oh, really? Now? So, it, it, I mean, you know, the the person who pumps your gas and and uh, sacks your groceries and you know plums your 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 uh, bathroom, et cetera, they're all songwriters. And so nobody thought a thing about being a songwriter there. So I felt much more. Uh, comfortable in in, uh, in revealing my interest in songwriting. And I, I got an opportunity to really meet some good songwriters and some people who were like me who wanted to learn and be better. Took a lot of really good classes from some of the best songwriters in, in the industry and just learned a whole lot. And uh, the thing that finally ignited the passion was I went to something called Song Camp that was sponsored by the Nashville Songwriters Association. And there they had pro songwriters whose whole idea was they wanted to give back. They'd been successful. They didn't feel threatened by up-and-coming songwriters. They just wanted to teach what they knew and help perpetuate the craft. That was a wonderful experience because I realized that I could do it. And it really wasn't a question of how well I could do it. It's that I needed to do it. So that's what got me started. <clears throat> and one of the things that that happened along the way is I, I met this wonderful woman who was a teacher at Vanderbilt University in the Blair School of Music, and she had started a songwriter's course that was aimed at the people who were not university students there it was aimed at people who were wanting to become songwriters and and so it really wasn't an academically oriented course instead every monday night she would bring an, a famous songwriter or producer of music in and they would share their lives 
and uh, and experiences, and they'd listen to our songs and give us feedback. It was a tremendous experience. One of these days, the 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 guest the guest songwriter was late, and so our teacher turned to us and said, "Okay, turn to your neighbor." And interview them about the most awkward experience in your life, and then write a song. <laughs> and we were sitting there waiting. We only had about ten minutes, but I thought, well, okay. I turned turned to my friend and I said, "Well, tell me what was your most embarrassing experience." And he said, "Well, he said I hated I hated cursive writing, and when my teacher told me that I had to do it, I got up and ran out of school." So. That prompted me. I thought, that's a song. <laughs> <laughs> and so that song ended up on my on my album. It's one of one of the uh one of the most requested songs that I that I ha- have done. And it, it it disturbed me that I learned that song that, that um cursive writing was going away, that they weren't teaching it in school. And in this last session of the legislature, they have brought back the mandate. They now have to teach cursive writing, which got it's got some real benefits, in my opinion. Even though I hated it myself, <laughs> but so the story about the curse of cursive writing, which is the is the title of the song, uh, is really uh, my friend Ed's story that I embellished a little bit. And anyway, it is it's want, it's one of my favorites. Yeah. yeah. If you want to play it, it's it's right there. (laughs) Well, I I think we really should then. Let's hear the story of Ed and his curse of (laughs) cursive writing. Here it is, the curse of cursive writing as embellished by Charlie Crow. Enjoy. Oh, I recall the day deep in second grade. In my mind as clear as day and night Though I never was a hellion I staged a rebellion The day that I refused to write Our teacher, that's her soul She seemed to be so old Obsessed on penmanship perfection Every day she'd drill us I thought that she would kill us Tempted me to contemplate defection I felt the curse of cursive writing My fat and fumbling fingers lost control Couldn't get a grip, gave my pen the slip Rather be at the fishing hole And print my letters till I was old Well, I couldn't make a cue It looked just like a two No pharmacist could fill my prescription And the Z and the Y Almost made me cry The Rumian to a conniption Well, I could plainly see It was silly as could be To waste my time on things that made me sore So without regard to risk I rose from a desk And confidently marched right out the door I fled the curse of cursive writing My tender little mind had seized the day Headed for the teepee before I got sleepy Rather be outside and play Who wants to write in cursive anyway? By the time I got home Mom was on the phone Talking to my teacher with alarm Dad cut a willow switch Made my bottom twitch Showed me a new way to keep warm Mom drove me back to school which wasn't very cool The thrill of the moment had come I'd learned a lesson Made my confession And scribbled my penance till dark Now I look back and think How I raised a stink When I decided not to write my name Learned to take my fate And communicate And life for me has never been the same I shook the curse of cursive writing It isn't how I write, it's what I say Sometimes they don't believe it And can't even read it 
But I know what I really meant to say And I write to please myself anyway Forget the curse of cursive writing There's higher hills to conquer anyway So regardless of your talent Just smile and be gallant Everything is gonna be okay Just live and write another day KUOZ 100.5 is an FCC-licensed radio station operated by the University of the Ozarks, Clarksville, Arkansas. You are listening to From the Concert Hall here on KUOZ 100.5 FM, community radio from University of the Ozarks here in Clarksville, Arkansas. Welcome back to From the Concert Hall. I'm your host, Corbin Sturch. And I'm Kathleen Mowry. Tonight on the show with us, we are so privileged to have the grandfather of Kathleen here, <laughs> Mr. Charlie Crow. Charlie, thank you so much for being with us today. Glad to be here. Kathleen, I, I've just got to ask, how does it feel to be interviewing your grandpa? It's weird. <laughs> before we before we opened, I asked the question, what do I even call, what do I call you on air? <laughs> and I guess I'm just going to keep calling you Papa. I don't know. I'm I'd feel weird calling you anything else. Works for me. <laughs> that was an interesting experience for all three of us, I think. <laughs> but it's it's nice. I like this. Um I I like getting to to talk about all the stuff that that you're doing and all the stuff that you've done cuz for any college student something that you you're used to is going home and being asked, how's college? What are you doing with your life? How's everything going? So it's nice switching the tables. Yeah. <laughs> my, how those tables turned. <laughs> now, you mentioned things he was doing right now. If I understand it correctly, you said you were running right now as, um, classes on songwriting in Little Rock? That's right. Uh, when we moved back to Little Rock from Nashville, I was interested in continuing my songwriting and I wanted to, to do it the way they do it in Nashville, where they have workshops where people who are songwriters get together and share their songs with each other and give, give critiques and feedback and try to help each other get better. And so I looked for a workshop, and the only one that was in existence at the time was up in Jonesboro, which was too far away for me. And so I... I asked them what it would take to start one in Little Rock, and they told me, and it was easy. I, I got it done, and we've been doing it now for over 10 years. Uh, we, we meet once a month at a local church and usually have any anywhere from, from uh, 8 to 18 people who come and bring their songs. We usually have some topic that we discuss for a few minutes uh, that has something to do with the craft of songwriting or the technology of music or the business of music, which is pretty important. And then the real reason people come mainly is to bring their songs and share them, and we give them suggestions on how they could improve it. Uh, we try to give them honest feedback. We, we don't we don't. Uh, we try to be honest but constructive, and there's a big difference. Right. We we're we're trained to make sure that you you keep hope alive, that that uh, you don't uh, tear people down and make them think that what they've done is awful. Because you know, there's always some good in everything. You just have to find it. Sometimes it might be a challenge. <laughs> but for the most part, it's not difficult at all because the, the songwriters get an idea and they have to get it out. And I tell them when they first come to our workshops that the reason that we have gathered is because it's a big comfort to know that other people hear voices too. <laughs> That's like a catchphrase for the mental hospital. <laughs> well, <laughs> outpatients anonymous. <laughs> well, you have a, you may have a point, but it's it's really true. We we have 
when a couple of our songwriters wrote a song called The Storyteller's Thread. I wish I had a copy of it that you could play. And it, it's really it's really a, a song about the the songwriters uh, uh, it's almost a curse. It's something that that is with every person who is a creative person who has these ideas and they have to capture them. And so if you're a songwriter or a poet, uh, many times these thoughts will occur at very inconvenient moments, <laughs> like in the middle of the night or when you're driving in heavy traffic or whatever. And invariably, if you don't capture them, they may escape. So you will uh, you will find almost every songwriter ha- always carries a little book with them. Uh, and so they'll 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 get it down. It may be cryptic, but they'll know pretty well what they meant. Had a friend. I don't know if you're familiar with the uh, songwriter John Prine or not. He's he's uh, he. I, you'd call him an Americana artist. He he wrote a lot of things that were in the folk era, and he's sort of classified as country. He lives in Nashville now. Writes some very funny songs, and. Uh, friend of mine went to his house one day for some other purpose and uh, he was waiting for the guy that took him there to find what he wanted and he started looking around John Prine's apartment. Every surface had a little scrap of paper <laughs> with the back of a matchbook, a, uh, a menu, a napkin, whatever. Uh, little ideas, little sayings and, and John Prine's uh, work is is just loaded with these these pithy little sayings, and you, some of them. Uh, I remember there's there's one when I was in the army when when you took a, a break from from a march or a hike they would say smoke them if you got them. Well, one of John Prine's songs has just got that stuck in there, you know, <laughs> and well, I'm I'm I'm. I'm drifting off my point, but the point is these things occur to you, and if you're in a creative mode, you've got to capture them. And so it's, it, it just, you have to get it out. And the way you get it out, if you're a songwriter, is that you write a song. And so we have a workshop that meets once a month, and we get some pretty doggone good songs. Uh, I've seen a lot of people come in who who didn't even didn't even know for sure the difference between a verse and a chorus, <laughs> I mean, and that's not uncommon. I mean, well, unless you've really written songs, you don't think about song structure. But I mean, they could really write songs. Well, they knew they had ideas, and they needed a little coaching on how how do you, how do you do this? What's what what how do you take your idea and translate that into something into a format that people can recognize and want to hear again? Mm-hmm. And uh, so, some people have a gift for rhyming. Some people have a gift for melody. Uh, the most fortunate ones are the ones that can do both. But that doesn't stop a lot of our people who are very good at writing verse, but they're not very musical. And so they team up with people who have the music talent, and together they write, uh, they collaborate. And that, that's the way they do it in Nashville. It's a, the collaboration, they call it co-writing, is a big deal there. And so we encourage that. You learn from one another, and you and you get better every time you write. So now I'm curious. Um, in these ten years you've been having your classes, has there ever been just a moment with a student that just really stuck out to you? In all these years, is just this amazing moment that stuck with you? There've been many, and they always take you by surprise because you never know who's going to be the one. Uh, there might be someone who's been very quiet and who's just been sitting over in a corner for months. And one day 
when you ask who's got a song to share today, they put their hand up, and something amazing comes out. And that's when you realize that you haven't wasted your time. It was there all along. Uh, There's a a saying, the song doesn't care who writes it. So anyone can be be the, the conduit through which good music can come. You just have to coax it out sometimes. The next song you'd ask us to play is called TMI, which I'm guessing means too much information. And, it and does. I'm going to clarify that I asked for it because <laughs> I, I think this, this song's great. <laughs> it's, it's, is, there, is there a story behind this? Well, yes. Uh, I, I started out... I, I started... Uh, I originally had an idea of a guy walks into a bar and... He 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 gets uh, uh, he gets attacked by by a very aggressive female, and uh, and so it, I, I kept trying to f- come up with a story around this idea, and so I I had written a song about halfway, and I just got stuck. Sometimes that happens. Sometimes it takes me ten years to finish a song, and this one I'd been working on for four or five years. Well, there's this one really zany guy, just just got a wacky personality in Nashville. His name is Mark Allen Barnett, and Mark Allen was visiting our workshop. He did a, did a did a special program for us, and and so he he said, if you'd like to complete a song, you know, I'll be happy to work with each of you. Just give me an hour, and we'll we'll work together. So I brought him this idea. And I didn't even have a title. He he says, "Oh, TMI," and in thirty minutes we had finished the song. So that's that's how it happened. And the bizarre things in there are I will give him credit for them. I, <laughs> <laughs> so you you might want to play it now that we've led up to it. All right. TMI. Thanks so much. Too much information 
KUOZ 100.5 is an FCC-licensed radio station operated by the University of the Ozarks, Clarksville, Arkansas. Thank you for tuning in. You are listening to From the Concert Hall here on KUOZ 100.5 FM, community radio from University of the Ozarks here in Clarksville, Arkansas. Welcome back to From the Concert Hall. I'm your host, Corbin Sturch. And I'm Kathleen Mowry. And I'm just going to keep repeating it because I love your reaction, Kathleen. <laughs> Tonight on the show with us, we've got <laughs> Kathleen's grandpa, Mr. <laughs> Charlie Crow on. Um, we, <laughs> right. <laughs> it's, it's, it's fun. <laughs> this has been a fun experience. And um, right, right after we started playing this song, uh, I... I asked my grandpa a question because there's there's a song that ever since my childhood, uh, my my papa had this idea and he wanted help from my sister and I to help write it and and needless to say it's still not done um, and and I thought about it because you mentioned the the TMI song took like four or five years before you really got it going. Um, it's the donut song is what it's called uh, and it's been. T- 10 years in the making mm-hmm. it's still not made <laughs> we we even talked about it recently uh, apparently uh what what was it that you said that i i said well you you suggested that we ought to focus on the whole i think i think that would be a, a yeah <laughs> i'm gonna tell a story on air that i think is kind of funny um we're talking about donuts and the the whole of a donut um my my mom, as a child, used to play this show. Uh, I don't know what it's called. It's this, like, very evangelical, uh, like, it's kind of like Veggie Tales, except with a donut as the main character. Um, so a little <laughs> less healthy. Um, <laughs> and, uh, like the Pillsbury Doughboy? Yeah, basically. <laughs> and there was this song on there, this donut song, um, that everyone would get together and sing. It was... Life without God is like a donut, like a donut, like a donut. <laughs> Life without God is like a donut. There's a hole in the middle of your heart. <laughs> um, for those of you listening, I hope you enjoyed that. Um, <laughs> I always said we get live music on this show. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. I, I won't claim that one. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we can use that as inspiration. Um so, so Papa, uh, talking of, talking about your music, you've you've had these songs like Curse, the Curse of Cursive Writing, and you've also had TMI. You've had a lot of, I think, very funny songs, and you've also had a bunch of of a little bit more serious songs. You you've got a pretty 
wide range of your own like songwriting, but I'd also like to talk about um, your experience in chamber singers um, in Arkansas because uh, one of the things that I, I'd say equally growing up, I remember seeing you not only doing your own music, but also doing chamber. I, I went to so many of your chamber concerts <laughs> and, and it's just been great. So if you could talk about that a little bit. Okay. Well, when we moved back to Little Rock, I was, I was acquainted with John Irwin, who is the director of the Arkansas Chamber Singers. And I had sung in a couple of really good choirs in Birmingham and Nashville and was very interested in, in the more traditional and classical music uh, that's written for the choral arts. And the Ch- Arkansas Chamber Singers is the premier uh, volunteer choral group in the, in the state. And I sang with them for several years, was on the board, and actually served as board chair for a while. And the the quality of that music is really high, and uh, the standards are very high. And the singers, many of the singers, have been been with the the group for thirty years. Uh, in fact, while I was singing with them, I, I I don't have time to sing with them anymore, but. When I was singing with them, we celebrated our our 30th anniversary, and we had a, a work commissioned uh, uh, by Stephen Paulus, who recently died, uh, and it was a, it was a wonderful work that that commemorated our 30th anniversary. But we do a wide variety of of, of uh, choral works. Uh, Bach is a is a favorite. Schubert's a favorite. Mendelssohn, uh, and occasionally we we ha- we reached out, uh, or the, the the singers reach out and and uh, and do works that are particularly beautiful and and maybe not very well known. And the one that I suggested you might want to play is called the Acrostic Song, uh, then by a gentleman named David Del Tradici. Uh, he's still living, uh, but it uh, the uh, the soprano that's singing in this is Liz uh, Gahagan, and she just has a lovely voice. And I thought if you've got time, let's put it on. We've absolutely got time, so let's hear this song, the acrostic song, and then we're going to come back and talk a bit about that word acrostic. <laughs> okay, <laughs> because that was a great pre-show discussion. So here it is, the acrostic song, as performed by the Arkansas Chamber Singers.
KUOZ 100.5 is an FCC-licensed radio station operated by the University of the Ozarks, Clarksville, Arkansas. You are listening to From the Concert Hall here on KUOZ 100.5 FM, community radio from University of the Ozarks here in Clarksville, Arkansas. Welcome back to From the Concert Hall. I'm your host, Corbin Sturch. And I'm Kathleen Mowry. Kathleen, would you like to inter- introduce our guest this time? Our guest tonight is Charlie Crow, uh, the father of Betsy Crow Mowry. Uh, that's not her full name. Crow is her maiden name, who happens to be my mother. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, so summarize a long so, story uh, there. So he's my grandpa. grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's been fun. It's been a fun night. If you've been listening, then uh, then you know that we've talked about uh, cursive writing and donuts and songwriting and chamber singers, and it's just been good. Um, the The last song we just listened to was uh, the acrostic song. acrostic song by David Del Tradici. Um, so what I don't know what acrostic means. Um. <laughs> well, an acrostic is a poem or verse in which the first letter or syllable of each line spells something else. Now, I'll be honest with you, it didn't occur to me when I was singing with that group to actually get the, the lyric and see what those first letters actually spell <laughs> but I'm told that it spells something I, I just had never heard the term but it's 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 very interesting acrostic in case in case you wonder it's A-C-R-O-S-T-I-C I'm actually looking up that song right now to see if I can figure out what it's you learn something new every single day there you go that's I I think I'm pretty sure we might have learned about that in my theories of human learning class because I think that's also an educational tool to memorize things. Um, so I apologize to my my ed psych teacher that I, I didn't remember that. Uh, <laughs> but maybe, um, maybe your teacher won't be acrostic with you. <laughs> um, your your humility comes acrostic. <laughs> This show's full These of puns once again. <laughs> <laughs> My, this is a this is a family thing. Um, you, some things that run in my family are puns, and I guess music um, slash writing. Um, my great grandfather, or who who wrote the Pilgrim, the Pilgrim Stranger? That was my great grandfather. My, my father, my father, yeah, um, my grandfather. He he wrote a book of of poems um, that is lovely um and how many copies are there not never very many he self-published it probably probably i found one on ebay though cool yeah so i thought that was fun um and then my my grandpa writes and my mom was an english major so at least she liked writing and now i'm an english major and i do music so and your sister and my sister writes she has a blog uh she's a blogger um, <laughs> all exciting things, but, um, so let's, let's backtrack a little bit, I guess, to yeah. talking a little bit more about some of, some of the more serious music you might've written. Um, cause we played two, two pretty funny songs. Okay. Um, well, I, on my CD, I, it's a wide variety of things in there. Uh, the first song is one that actually combines two of my dad's poems into a song about a little a, a little girl who uh, who had died and is lying in a church, and and I I, I was so captivated by the poem that, that both poems that I decided to make a song out of them. The one perhaps it would be an interesting story. I. Th- that that I like a lot. It's it's uh, called "Love You By," and uh, it started out as a 
as a sarcastic song because I heard that that uh, I well I, I noticed and I would, I would go through airports and I would hear these people yelling to people on their cell phones and and they had to they had to dash off and they'd say love you bye <laughs> and I thought how inappropriate there's no love in that you know that's <laughs> that's just that's just checking a box. So I wrote a very sarcastic song. It had three uh, almost mean-spirited verses because I was—I just didn't. It just offended me, and I played it for our workshop, and I got moderate reaction. I sent it to the to one of my respected friends in Nashville, and he wrote me back, and he says, "Boy, you missed an opportunity." And I said, "What do you mean?" And he said, "Well, that could have been a good song." <laughs> oh, ouch! So that, I thought, okay, I, I think I'm getting a message. So I went back and thought again about the phrase "love you by" and how many different ways it could be heard. And the song that I rewrote, totally revised, takes three different kinds of the use of "love you by" all the way from the flippant to the deadly serious. So with the introduction, you better play it. <laughs> I think, I, I don't think I've actually seen this one. Well, you get a chance. So this is, this is a whole new world for me. Right, so here it is. Love you, bye. He's running through the airport, cell phone in his hand. Got to call his honey before he's gone again. Hasty conversation, and then he's got to fly. He hangs up the phone with, love you, bye. Love you, bye. Love you, bye. A simple expression to say in case you die. Whisper it or mumble it, but don't forget to try. Remember to say, love you, bye. She's rocking the baby, her soldiers never seen. The day he shipped out is still a bad dream. She's got to be brave, but it still makes her cry. When he kissed her and said, love you, love you back, love you back. A simple expression to say in case you die. Whisper it or mumble it, but don't forget to try. The last thing to say is love you back. to say that it's just superstitious but I say it's a great way to cover all your wishes Mama's lived a good life, her race is nearly run worn out and tired time to move on bring the family circle close by her side the last thing we said was, love you, bye, love you, bye, love you, bye. A simple expression of comfort, live or die. Whisper it or mumble it, but don't forget to try. Remember to say, love you, bye. Yeah, whisper it, mumble it, but don't forget to try. to say love you bye love you bye love you bye love you bye KUOZ 100.5 is an FCC-licensed radio station operated by the University of the Ozarks, Clarksville, Arkansas. 
Thank you for tuning in. You are listening to From the Concert Hall here on KUOZ 100.5 FM, community radio from University of the Ozarks here in Clarksville, Arkansas. Hello and welcome back to From the Concert Hall. I'm your host, Corbin Sturch. And I'm Kathleen Mowry. Kathleen, just before we go off the air tonight, do you care to give us one last introduction to our guest tonight? Tonight, our guest has been Charlie Crow, my grandfather, uh, my papa. Uh, <laughs> I always think it's funny saying that, um, but uh, it's been a it's been a good night, wouldn't you say so, Papa? Yeah, it's fun. I enjoyed it. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's Went too fast. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, see. Every I, time. <laughs> I remember in the beginning, whenever we started this program. No, not tonight's program, but this show in general. I used to always think, come on, clock, speed up. I don't know if I can fill this hour. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's kind of hard. It's to hard to keep it in an hour anymore. To yeah. stay in. <laughs> we have so many interesting guests that it's just like, you know, I could have talked to you for another hour, hour and a half. You know? <laughs> I remember when we brought Daniel Martin Moore on. Mm-hmm. Now, I was kind of wanting that episode to speed up. Not because I didn't like Daniel, but I was worried there was going to be a marriage proposal on the show. <laughs> Uh, we had this this singer songwriter on, and uh, our another one of the hosts for this show, Michaela, uh, is a huge fan of his music, uh, and she was she was fangirling so hard. Um, we only say this because Kayla <laughs> out will say of love. Herself. <laughs> so we can pick. On, they would those two would pick on me if I wasn't here to run this show. <laughs> <laughs> Always, uh. um, but. Uh, we're we're about to wrap up, and uh, our last song is Odometer Blues. So, Papa, if you could give us a, a little bit of an introduction. Okay, quick introduction. This this is a song that uh, was uh, that I it was one of the first songs that I I fully wrote, and it compares an old guy to an old car. <laughs> uh, it's it's probably the favorite song uh, when I when I play out. I say, if those of you that are familiar with the uh, NPR radio program Car Talk, I sent it to them uh, with the comment that I thought maybe the two old guys would appreciate a song about an old car and an old guy. And uh, two weeks after they got it, they put it on the air. So anyway, this is you're not, not the first to play it. Oh, uh, see here, I was hoping it was no Daniel Martin Moore event where we're getting to debut music. <laughs> Ah, uh, NPR beat us again. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> one day we're, well, wait, we've already beat NPR once, but one day. Yeah. One day. One day we'll, we we'll will be again. the next NPR. <laughs> Probably not, but we can <laughs> always <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> well, before we let everyone go tonight, we'd just like to remind you that you can always find us on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash from the concert hall. We'd love to hear back from our listeners Give us topics for new shows, things like that. We like to hear back from you. We're also on Twitter at FTCH underscore KUOZ. If you remember from the last show, we were live uh, live tweeting as the show was going on. We got a, a lot of really supportive texts about our last guest, Ben Aiken. And of course, because radio can be like, a, well, a little bit like TV and have a face, we have an Instagram, and that's KUOZ Concert Hall. So if you go to Instagram and type in KUOZ Concert Hall, you'll find us. <laughs> and then one last little bit of one last little bit of how to reach us. We we do have an email for all of this. And if you don't want to get those apps or don't have Facebook and you just want to email us, you can email us at from the concert hall radio at gmail.com. Now, to drive us out into the night, we have Odometer Blues. Have a nice night, everybody. We've been around a while 
The older we get, the more we're out of style And my head's like these old tires It's getting slick and bald, yes sir And my head's like these old tires It's getting slick and bald Just a few more revolutions Be nothing there at all Yes, I do. The miles keep on a rolling, no matter what I do. So dance with me, baby. Don't let me feel so blue. Well, it's rust on my tailpipe, scratches on my chrome. Mm-hmm. I said rust on my tailpipe, scratches on my chrome. If I run a little longer, I'll have to park at home. Oh, 10, 20, 30, don't seem like long at all. No, it don't. No, 10, 20, 30, don't seem like long at all. But come 40 or 50, you need an overhaul. Time for you 